0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the BlueWire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Adson and I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And the 49ers beat the Washington Commanders 37-20. to We're going to talk about it. Kind of a fun game. Lots of good stuff to talk about. We'll dive into that. But first, we are sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. You can visit the brewery in person in Santa, Santa Rosa. I almost said Santa Clara, but that's wrong. That's where the 49ers play. The brewery is in Santa Rosa. Terrific beer. Awesome atmosphere. Good food trucks they've got rolling through there. It's just a really, really good spot to hang out. Highly recommend going and doing that. If you can't make it out to the brewery, you can order a case online at cooperagebrewing.com. They'll deliver it right to your door. It comes cold. They ship it, one day shipping. And I'm telling you, the best way to acquire beer is to have it dropped off on your front doorstep. It's the very best thing. That's cooperagebrewing.com. Sponsored. This show is sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. Let's get into it.
0: Blue Light. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory! Kittle
1: is gonna go! Touchdown! Bosa's got him, a second back inside the 30-yard line! Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard line! That was a strange game because the 49ers dominated, and it showed on the scoreboard that they dominated, but it felt like 37 to 20, it felt like less than that, even though they, like it was about right, if that makes sense.
2: But before we start. Can we talk about your current situation? Like, are you okay? Are you safe?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to dive right into the game so we could avoid this. Um, There's audio medium. I am at my in-law's house. And so I'm trying to get away from people. So A, they don't hear me and B, I don't hear them. (laughs) <laughs> and so I'm as far away from the living room where everybody's sitting that I could get. But
2: that's not and... the visual I'm looking at necessarily. No.
1: Like, right? Explain so the no, visual. I'm, no, I know that uh, I'm getting there. Okay. And so I'm in a bedroom that's on the far side of the house. And in this bedroom, there's no like desk or anything. So I'm laying on the floor because this is what's comfortable for me. And so I'm laying on the floor between a wall and a bed. And so Chris just sees me. It's like I'm hiding back here. I feel but... like you've
2: been captured. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to make sure everything's okay. Like this, you know, you're you're, you're safe. You have food.
1: Yeah, no. Okay. No, for sure. All right. Hey, what if I was like, do you know who had a great game today? Number nine, number one, and number one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. Okay. I like it start saying the numbers of the address good yeah yeah yeah. good bit um okay 49ers 49ers beat the Durs 37 to 20 yeah it was weird man it was a game like looking at the numbers when i came back the the 49ers went one of five in the red zone and allowed seven of 13 on third down conversions defensively Mm -hmm. those are typically signs of it being a really tough game Yes. Right. Like those are not very good signs generally for most football teams, but especially the 49ers. Like when they let teams hang around, that's kind of what happened. But like then Nick Bosa sort of takes the game over and wrecks it. Uh, Taylor Heineke throws a pick. And then things just kind of snowballed in the second half when the 49ers outscored Washington thirty to 30 to 14 sorry 30 to 30 to 13 they outscored Washington after halftime and it was it was just like it was a little bit weird in that the 49ers dominated the scoreboard more than they might have dominated like it didn't really feel like they were dominating until like early in the fourth quarter because the Mm -hmm. first the first half was kind of like what I thought it would be like when I talked on leading into the game this week I was like that the first half is kind of what I envisioned, like. Kyle Shanahan making weird third and fourth down decisions, um, them, you know, giving some points away, not being super clean. And it ended up being a game that they should have been up at least like 10 nothing in the first half, but it was seven, seven because of the, uh, because of the turnover and going forward on fourth down deep in Washington territory. Like it was just, it was kind of weird first half and then things normalized a little bit in the second, but um I have thoughts from from after the game because I was there, but I I just, you know, it it was, it didn't feel like a 17-point win, but when you realize it was a 17-point win, that that makes it feel a little bit more impressive.
1: Yeah, and 17 points is about right. Like, that's how I felt, because at no point did I think Washington was going to win. No. Like, the Niners controlled the game for the most part. And then you go and see, like, I thought going into the game it would be kind of an uphill game, defensive or offensively, and it felt like that a little bit. But then you see they averaged seven yards of play, and it helps that they got you know the fifty-four yard to and the two thirty-four yard touchdowns from Kittle. Like the explosive pass plays were there against and, a very good defense,
2: and the seventy-one yard Ray Ray McLeod touchdown.
1: Right, that that one too. Who can forget? So. The explosive the explosive pass plays being there against a very good defense, I thought was a good sign. But then defensively, Washington gets the touchdown on the short field, like you mentioned. The they they get the ball at San Francisco's 31. But then their other drives, they just had to be perfect. And that's what they had a 17-play driver, they didn't score. And that's where I thought San Francisco did a good job defensively was they were going to let Taylor Heineke get some easy throws, but could he make those plays all game long? Like you look at Heineke's stat line and it wasn't bad. But when it came down to it, he made two crucial mistakes at the end. And that allowed the Niners to kind of seal it. And it felt like all game, like that Heineke mistake was coming. Yeah. And they both came late and the Niners capitalized and that was a game.
2: So with the win, the Niners have the best point differential in the nfc which i think is interesting um minnesota minnesota's point differential they're 12 and 3 they beat the giants is five just five the 49ers who are 11 and four and in the three seed one spot behind minnesota have a 145 point differential
1: they've outscored their opponents by 140 more points (laughs) (laughs)
2: the only team in the nfl with a better point differential is buffalo so the niners have a better point differential in kansas city than philadelphia um dallas is way up there at 131 Uh, but i think it speaks to like i generally i i generally and genuinely believe that the 49ers can come out of the nfc like as we go along here and they continue to win like this with the way the defense is playing and the way Nick Bosa and Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw are playing and Eric Armstead is playing. I think the 49ers can go and beat anybody. Um, Nick Bosa in particular. So I, I went to the game and the visual of Nick Bosa at the press conference. I don't know if you saw it at all, but was just like, Okay, so I, I was thinking about this on the drive home. It's a two-hour drive, so I just I had a lot like a of time lot to think, think about
1: it. A lot of time, right.
2: Nick Bosa borrows like a Santa robe from George Kittle, right? It's like mm-hmm. a Santa Claus outfit robe thing sure. that like you typically would tie and you'd look like Santa, but it was untied. So Bosa is at the press conference wearing this robe. And to describe the look on his face, I would have to ask you, like, have you ever had a friend really oh. covet oh. somebody romantically
1: mm-hmm.
2: and eventually fulfill, like, put put a lot of work in to covet this person, eventually land the plane and then have, like, this grin on their face This that, like, the satisfaction is just kind of, like, unmeasurable? Mm-hmm. That was Nick Bose's face with a giant shaw on his lip during his press conference. <laughs> <I'm> just gonna... <laughs> Wearing this robe with this glow like a complete like immeasurable level of confidence that you only get from cer- certain certain situations if that makes mm-hmm. any sense at all. <laughs> sure. And it just like, you know, he's, he's asking questions or he's answering questions like, you know, Jen Jennifer Lee Chan's talking about Defensive Player of the Year. I'm talking about Fred Warner saying he's played the best. Nick has played the best football of his career. Tim Kawakami's asking him about the uh, the the single season sack record of 22 and a half, and Nick Bosa's just got this like sh- like grin on his face, just like in this robe thing, and it's just he's like feeling man, himself, just but, like completely feeling feeling himself, like the vibes like Nick Bosa is like peaking at a level. And I just think it's like symbolic to like how he's playing as well. Because one thing he said, he was like, like Nick Bosa is generally pretty honest in his self-assessment. I would say as somebody who's covered him a pretty decent amount, like he'll tell you when he's got things to work on or when like, he's not super happy with the way he's playing or, um, mm-hmm. you know, but he's like, no, I had, he said after the game, he's like, I have something for everything an offensive lineman can try to do to me now. And I'm sitting in the press box next to Nick watching, watching the game. And both of us, like every play we're like, Nick's going to get another one. Nick's going to get another one. And there were so many where he came really close. Yeah. That it's like, this dude is just, and again, Charles Leno, probably not the best left tackle in the league.
1: Uh, No, I think (laughs) that's Trent Williams who plays for Nick Bosa's team. (laughs) Right. But like,
2: it was just the, the guy is is like like if like Steph Curry going on a heater when he has a 25 point third quarter, mm-hmm. that's what Nick Bosa feels like as a pass rusher right now. Or at least like that's what it felt like in the second half of that game. Like he could get anything he wanted, and he's just like in this zone where it's like, man, if you have to play the 49ers and like Washington was running the ball a lot on second down and setting up a lot mm-hmm. of third and longs. And actually Washington was pretty good on third and long, they converted a lot of them. But just generally, the way Nick Bosa is playing right now, like you just you just cannot want to play the 49ers. He gets
1: he gets to these points in games where it's like inside of 10 minutes. He it's like you you you're not blocking him. No. It's like he flips this switch. And for half a dozen snaps in a row, he's just winning his rep ever it, like like soundly.
2: Yeah, and and George Kittle talked about it too. Like he said, once Nick Bosa gets one sack, that's when like it feels like the game starts. Like the the team yeah. really starts to feel it when Bosa plays. Obviously, when they're playing at home, the stadium starts to feel it, and it almost feels like this weird inevitability when it's like third and long.
1: Yeah, you know.
2: Right that it's going to be like a long developing play. And like that feeling, Fred Warner mentioned it after the game, like that feeling, the fact that everybody who's in coverage doesn't have to worry about being in coverage for like five seconds, knowing that the pass rush is, is going to get there quickly is just allowing them to play with a certain level of confidence and anticipation that allows them to like go get these turnovers, right? Like the turnovers have been such a big story during this winning streak. Like it's it's a direct like obviously this isn't this isn't rocket science like Nick Bosa is a Nick Bosa in the pass rush are just affecting so much that mm-hmm. it's it's allowing everybody else to play with the level of confidence they need to to get all these turnovers that have been such right. a big story during the winning streak,
1: right? And it's like he's who they built their defense around. Yeah, that's that's what this is. And he is fulfilling everything that they've hoped.
2: He looked at like Nick Bosa in his press wh- conference that- looked like a meme. Like when you say <laughs> living my best life, like Nick or whatever, like whatever sure. the meme would be. It's like Nick Bosa in this like Santa robe with the giant Shaw in, like, right. you know, talking about defensive player of the year and the single season sack record and all that.
1: When offensive linemen try and throw a problem at him, he's like, "I've been right about literally everything." <laughs> it and and think about what that you talk about what that does for the 49ers defense. Think about what that does for the offense. Like you're left tackle and it's third and long. It, it, <laughs> what are you going to do? Right. That's got it. That's that's yeah. Nick Bose is good. And even gotta. like. Like, I, I think it,
2: you know, we won't know. We, we have an idea of what Brock Purdy looks like in, in an ideal scenario, right? Like ideal surroundings.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We don't know what it would look like if he like played opposite a shitty defense. Like if Brock Purdy played for the Texans, it might be pretty ugly. Or whoever, a bad yeah. defense, whatever yeah. bad defense you want to use. Like what so is- much of what Brock Purdy is able to do is complemented by the fact that he can play with confidence knowing his defense isn't going to give up 40 points.
1: Yeah, and that's what I was I was talking about this today on 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 post game. That's that's one of the things with Brock Purdy and the reason that like the 49ers can do this thing and make a run is because if the 49ers had the 20th ranked defense instead, it Brock Purdy's not 3 and 0 as a starter. No, no shot. So that's kind of the whole thing. If the defense is going to play at this level, it just increases the margin of error for, for Purdy who hasn't even gotten close to that margin of error yet, by the way, like that's just been an added benefit. That's where they're, that's where they're kind of blowing teams out right now is because Brock Purdy's playing really well. He hasn't even had a stinker yet. And it feels like if he does, it's not going to matter. Right. It, it yeah. just And just talking about talking about Brock Purdy real quick, yeah. And just the Niners' offense in general, because you mentioned it wasn't an awesome offensive day for them, but they still hung up thirty-seven points against a defense that hadn't allowed more than twenty-five since week two. Oh, they were ninth in the league in scoring. Yeah, it was a really really impressive game.
2: And they only got six points off the turnovers. Yes, which is kind of crazy. Um, just big picture, hey, like.
1: Well, you go. You, big picture. What? Bring up your thing, and then I'll decide if I should bring up my thing.
2: The Niners are eleven and four, and have the the Raiders and Cardinals to finish their season.
1: Okay, let me bring up my thing first. Okay, because <laughs> my thing's game related. Right. My thing's very specific to the game. Cool. Kyle Shanahan going for it on fourth and three. At the end of the game, instead of kicking a field goal to make it a thirteen point game. He has Brock Purdy drop back and throw on fourth and three. And I I love the call. I feel like he's never made that kind of call before. And I've always wondered if he would be more confident in making those kind of calls with a quarterback. He trusts to make the right throw and not turn it over in that spot. And maybe it was a middle finger to Washington thing but I think he is so confident that Brock Purdy is going to make the right pass that he will now be more aggressive in those fourth down situations.
2: Yeah. So I, w- I was, we, Nick and I were talking about it as it was happening because Nick and I have had a lot of fourth down discussions recently. Um, but sick,
1: just dudes being <laughs> bros.
2: Yeah. Just, just guys being dudes. <laughs> um, we were, we're talking about it, and, like, the point the point that I made was, like, there's no difference between 13 and 10. Like, both are two-score games. And from a touchdown one, perspective, yeah. Yeah, and Washington needs at least one touchdown either way. So, like, there was no di- – like, kicking a field goal there to be up by 13 doesn't really do a whole lot of difference from, like, not from going forward on fourth down, not getting it, and being up just 10. Like, it's still a two-possession game late in the fourth quarter. Um, But I thought the biggest thing from that – it was just, like, how good of a catch that was. And then, like, I, you know, I got home and rewatched the game like, oh, yeah, George Kittle had a hell of a game.
1: (laughs) He was very freaking good.
2: Yeah, he was like, that was an amazing catch. He had a he had a really good catch in traffic called back because of a holding penalty um, earlier in the I think it was the third quarter. And like, but no, like he, you know, it was it was the same same type of deal as last week in in Seattle when Kittle had two touchdowns just like because you have Christian McCaffrey and the design of the offense and you know you're able to fake a pitch to the right that you do run a good amount and then supplement it with a play action boot the other way to have George Kittle wide open with 10 yards of space in all directions like mm-hmm. that is a very good recipe for success generally yes and it's yes you know, it, it like seeing stuff like that work so often is I think why everyone is a little bit like, you know, why doesn't this happen more? Because it seems like it could happen like every week, but it just doesn't. And sometimes and I think that's sort of a knock on Kyle Shanahan. It's like sometimes his anyway, he gets too keyed in on certain guys. And sometimes it happens mm-hmm. with Debo, particularly using Debo's running back, etc. But George Kittle now has seven touchdown catches on the season. Isn't it eight? It's seven or eight? I thought it was seven. Either way, George Kittle has a new career high in touchdown kitchens. Yes. Which is kind of crazy to think about because this doesn't feel like a huge George Kittle season. But I guess when you get four in two weeks, that'll Yeah, happen. he has eight now. Okay. Good call. So, Either yeah, way,
1: seven was his career high, and then he got another one.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, just a really good George Kittle game, and I thought that catch sort of underscored like, oh yeah, George Kittle, a really good catch-in-traffic guy. And you do mm-hmm. wonder, like, it didn't seem like there were a ton of opportunities when Jimmy Garoppolo was a quarterback for Kittle to be making plays in traffic. Yes. Like, as many as as we've seen the last couple weeks, it feels like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's just throwing into spots. Yeah.
2: um all right back back to the big picture thing and then we'll get out of here
1: okay um
2: the 49ers are 11 and 4 with a chance to finish 13 and 4 unless they either just have a terrible game against the raiders or rest everybody at some point over these next two weeks it feels like 13 and 4 is on the table just Mm -hmm. i just want to end with this question to you like if it's if it's mid August right now, and I tell you the 49ers are going to finish fourteen or thirteen and four with Brock Purdy playing games and Jimmy Garoppolo playing a bunch of games, like what would your reaction have been? Huh. <laughs> Not trying to put the card before the horse, but just like
1: I would have. Okay, four
2: is a real possibility.
1: So genuinely, the way that that. My initial reaction to that would have been, was okay. So Jimmy Garoppolo played a bunch of games. So Lance must have gotten hurt, and they went thirteen and zero, wrapped everything up, and Brock Purdy started four games. <laughs> <laughs> like that—that that would have in mid august But That—that's—that would have been my. Or, or I would have been like, their defense is really good, and Jimmy missed a few games, and Purdy had to make some spot starts, and he kept the ship afloat and went two and two. That would have, that, in fact, no, that probably would have been more my, my guess.
2: Wild. It's pretty impressive, man. Honestly. It's not
1: even at the point. It's not, it's, it's at the point now where I'm not. I'm not even I, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this because I don't mean this cr- in a cruel way. I mean this in a good way. I'm not even impressed with Brock Purdy now. It's just like, no, this is just the player he is. Like, right, I'm not gonna... comfortable
2: enough with where he's at to be like, you actually expect this of him now. He's he's lifted the expectation on. in, in yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And like I said, I don't mean that in a bad way. I very much mean that and I'm not gonna coddle him as this like, hey, good job, sport, like good game. Like, no, man, he's good. He's just a good player. You
2: yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, and it was there there were some ugly moments in the first half for sure.
1: And that's so that's that's the second game in a row this has happened, and this is part of why I'm just in on him now. Is there's been points in the last two weeks where he's kind of struggled early and it's gotten a little wobbly, and he just writes the shit. Yeah. And he doesn't let it snowball. And there are quarterbacks that when you watch them and they start to struggle, it starts to snowball. And, and I the think, fact he doesn't let that happen is huge.
2: And I think Kyle Shanahan's doing a really good job of managing that, right? Because one thing yes. I thought I thought during the game, like when the third quarter started and the 49ers began with the ball the first thought i was like they need to get purdy some like easy completions just like fine because they had struggled just like run play action and run um you know run flow like get george kittle open in space like a quick slant and they ended up doing that to brandon right like there are so many different scheme advantages kyle shanahan can create that like frankly you know, like Brock Purdy's touchdown to George Kittle that was supposed to be to Ray McLeod. It's like a pretty easy read at the end of the day. Like the safety was playing right. all the way on the right side and moved even further to his right, opening up the middle of the field. It was like, okay, safety's there. I know this route's there. Easy read, right? The Kittle, the Kittle's other touchdown was flow to the other side and Kittle's just wide open. Yeah. Right? So like it is impressive Cause like playing quarterback in the NFL when you're a third stringer and doing it at a high level is impressive no matter what, mm-hmm. but it's impressive that like in big moments, Kyle Shanahan can get guys open and make yeah. it relatively easy for Brock Purdy.
1: The, the George Kittle touchdown, the first one, they showed the like, like press box view, the all 22 view during the game. There were like four guys wide open. it was he could have gone anywhere with the ball and the fact that purdy on third and six in that spot like edge of field goal range like it would have been a long field goal if they don't get it i think
2: yeah it would have been 50 plus it was a 34 yard touchdown i believe
1: yeah so you're looking at it yeah probably 51 52 yard field goal the fact that on third and six he's comfortable just letting that throw rip instead of being like okay let me just try and get the first down and then we'll just keep the like that's big and if the Niners offense is gonna to take tops off defenses too, that man, they're gonna be really hard to stop.
2: Yeah. And again, like really nice offensive performance without Debo Samuel. Another one. Another one. As I drop my hand heater.
1: <laughs> no, they're playing like so so we had Warren Sharp on on the radio show I produced at 95 the game in San Francisco. And he talked about how this is a few weeks ago, but he was like the first eight weeks of the season don't matter how you play the first eight weeks of the season is inconsequential. It's what you do in December going into December and through December that matters. And this is the second year in a row. The 49ers are in December playing their best football while you watch other teams who were really good at the beginning of the year start to scuffle And you see other teams have the wheels start to come off a little bit or struggle here and struggle there. And the Niners are just kind of rolling. And that's a really good spot to be on December 24th.
2: And all the... You know, this is the fourth season now where I think we could say that. Yeah. Like the the fourth Kyle Shanahan season out of his six. The first one, the 49ers, like the story was Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017 with how well he played during that final mm-hmm. five game stretch. But overall, the team was also just playing a lot better.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. 2018 was a down year. 2019, obviously, they were good enough to win the, the number or earn the number one seed and, and go to the Super Bowl. Right. Um, last year, they had to fight tooth and nail through December to get to the playoffs, which they ended up clinching in overtime in week 18. Right, and now after getting housed by Kansas City at home, October twenty third, the Forty Nine ers have reeled off eight straight wins, and we can we can safely say that this is the fourth season that Kyle Shanahan has had a team playing at an d- extremely high level at the end of the year, and it resulted in you know in t- one time it was inconsequential because the team the team started zero and ten or one and ten, right. They went to the Super Bowl. They went to the NFC Championship game, and now, you know, with two games left in the season, they have the best point differential in the NFC. I think unquestionably the best defense in the NFL, and the leading defensive player of the year candidate in Nick Bosa, and just a loaded group of skill guys. Like I, I, I'm to the point now where it's like, yeah, Kyle Shanahan's doing his thing. Like we can nitpick Kyle Shanahan, but the 49ers are in a very good spot, and just about every team in the NFC with the exception of the eagles would love to trade places with the niners right now.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's right. Even the vikings. The vikings would love to trade places with the niners right now. Yeah. <laughs> At least in terms of how well they're playing. Yeah. The um if Brock Purdy goes as a starter, what would it be? 5 and 0 with that game against the dolphins? I'm I've got flowers for the first national talking head. It's like Brock Purdy rookie of the year, man. Oh, interesting. He's not going di- to th- do. He's not going to win it. Interesting.
2: But... I hadn't given. I haven't given given that any thought. Yeah. But
1: if he if does go six, five, 0, if he goes, if he goes, he'd, it'd, be, it'd be would it be six and zero or five and zero? It'd be five and zero.
2: Five and zero. I'd essentially give him six because he played ninety percent of the Dolphins game. Sure.
1: Okay. Okay. And throws like. What's he at? Six tutties and two interceptions? Eight touchdowns, two interceptions? He's at eight touchdowns, three interceptions. He's completing 66-ish percent of his throws. He's at... He's going to be up around like seven and a half, eight yards in an attempt. And he's playing quarterback on the team that might be the number two seed in the NFC. I don't think a six-game sample is enough. But it's a fascinating question to me. We can talk about it another day. It's Christmas Eve, and I want to go. I'm just going through the
2: stats real quick. I mean, Damian Pierce has 939 rushing yards. But he's
1: tailed off bad the last.
2: And this was, I don't even know if he played on Saturday. I'm just looking at the stats. This, This was before coming in the week.
1: But he's, he's on a terrible team. And like I said, he's, he's hit a rookie wall bad.
2: Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, shout out to a university in Columbus, Ohio, O-H. um, both near a thousand yards. I mean, one of those guys will probably get it, but yeah, like Olave is probably going to get it. Yeah. Oh, Wilson, Wilson has better numbers. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Um, I don't think it would be like if they win all, all six of those games, including the dolphins game. Mm-hmm a pretty interesting case if he's not throwing any picks, but I guess ultimately like what, what would happen? I think is people would view the 49ers and look at their defense and be like, I don't well, know.
1: I, I think the conversation stops when it goes, he played six games. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's so that, probably, I mean, that's, but, but if you're looking at other rookie
2: quarterbacks, we're talking about,
1: I mean, he's already, he's the best rookie quarterback in this class. And I don't know if it's close.
2: Yeah, he doesn't have the counting stats as, as Pickett, but he has more. The, so coming into he Saturday. He doesn't have the
1: counting stats as Pickett? Pickett has five touchdowns and nine picks. No, no,
2: I, I'm talking about just yardage. I guess, yeah, yardage. And Pickett yards has for eight interceptions. Or worse. Yeah, no, you're right, lower you're right.
1: touchdown rate, higher interception rate. I was He's just waiting at coming
2: Pickett. into Saturday, he has 678 yards. And add whatever he <laughs> had, but Pickett's at 1,800 passing yards.
1: He's probably going to wind up with more wins than Kenny Pickett. <laughs> probably. No, you're, no, you're right. Not I'm true. not Can saying pickets pick it
2: better. Is I was just looking at I was just sorting it by yards. Oh um, I see, I see. and and speaking out loud. Not the best way to do the pod, but you sprung this this random topic on me that needed investigation. <laughs> My My no, bad. no, no, it's fine. I, I think it's an interesting conversation. Well, yeah, I think you could if they go undefeated in his starts and his touchdown interception ratio is three to one. Right. If I he's, think if he's he could,
1: 13 touchdowns, four picks.
2: I think you could, yeah, and Kenny Pickett's at at two to one interceptions to touchdowns. <laughs> you could definitely make a pretty intriguing case that I had not thought about at all that Brock Purdy is the best rookie quarterback in the NFL this year.
1: I don't even know that it's close. Yeah, that's that's an interesting take. It's
2: definitely well, it an supposed interesting to be a bad take.
1: quarterback class, anyways. You've got Malik Willis out there in Tennessee losing to the Texans. Bailey's Desmond, Desmond Ritter sucks.
2: Bailey Zappi's the only other rookie quarterback with more touchdowns than interceptions, and he's not playing.
1: And Bailey Zappi couldn't even hold on the starting job. So
2: Well, Mac Jones was hurt, but yeah. Anyway, different discussion. But that's interesting. You make a strong point. I'm Thanks. compelled. I'm compelled to keep talking about this.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I'm done talking about it right now. Yeah. We can do another episode later.
2: Yeah, week. I hope you survive your um like i hope you're not actually kidnapped like even though you look like it
1: <laughs> no i'm good we didn't even mention christmas around eve i mentioned it earlier did you
2: okay yeah yeah that's why christmas i want to be done shout with out this everybody podcast.
1: we said like 15 minutes half an hour ago fine. 40 minutes ago
2: that's okay <laughs> it's okay we appreciate everybody listening yes. um we wanted to get a and podcast shout out. shout out to tyler shout out to tyler especially for for being willing to edit on christmas eve um we wanted to get one out, frankly, because I don't know if I'll be able to even record one on Monday. Uh, so, you know, it might not be that we're, we're able to drop an episode until Wednesday. So we wanted to get one out before then. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening. And shout out to Cooperage, as always, for sponsoring the podcast. And we hope everybody has a fantastic holiday, a fantastic new year. Man, it's a pretty good time to be a 49ers fan. I know it's probably not ideal with your third-string quarterback, but this is a really, really good team.
1: And they're super fun. Yeah, they're pretty
2: fun. Fun to talk about. All right, we'll talk to you guys right. later.
1: Merry Christmas.
3: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.